Welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 books the experts say we're supposed to read before we die and decide if they're really worth your time. I'm Nicole, a lover of Harry Potter and historical fiction. And I'm Chelsea, also a lover of Harry Potter and any book that's going to make me cry. Which is particularly appropriate today because we went to a bookstore before this recording and you bought a book and you were really excited because the like notes on the back where that would make you ugly cry. <laughs> it says a wrenching tale of loss and grief, beautiful and achingly sad. I'm like so excited. Yeah. I mean, you love a good cancer book. So <laughs> <laughs> that makes me sound like such a terrible human. I feel like a lot of people like read that kind of stuff. Though. I feel like, I mean like this, this book is at a different level than this, but I feel like Nicholas Sparks books have that same like emotional fruit. Yeah. Let's be like clear. That. The book we're talking about is a monster calls by Patrick Ness. It's like, supposed to be a really good novel. Oh, yeah. It's probably good. It's just not to my taste, but it's funny that you really do love a book. You, I've never seen someone be so excited about sobbing. I just like crying. <laughs> um, what have you been reading before we get into book 21? What else um, have you been reading? I have started... Your A Thousand One Books pick of Age of Innocence. I'm not super far into it, mostly yes. because this book we read this week was just it was a long. lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm not terribly far into it yet, but I really like it. I'm about 40 pages in. It's going Ooh. well. So Ooh, maybe in next episode you can tell us if you think it should be on the list. <sighs> Hopefully I'll finish it by then. Yeah. 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 Oh, so excited that you're reading that. I've been also, I've only read this podcast book, but I've been listening to an audiobook, uh, Swing Time by Zadie Smith, which I feel like I saw recommended a lot of places. And I'm, I'm like, there's nine segments of the audiobook and I'm like three in and mm-hmm. I re- it's really good. And it makes for a really good audiobook because it's, um, it's fiction, but it's written kind of memoir-y, like going through her uh-huh. life. And so it, it's easy to follow because I feel like I struggle to listen to certain types of books because I can't. It needs to be a little, not necessarily light in content, but light in writing style, you know, yeah. like more dialogue and stuff and less lengthy descriptions for me to focus when I'm driving. So I listen to it, but it's pretty good. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Well, the book we read this week is the bum, second bum, bum. <laughs> in our little series that we've been doing here. So last week you listened to us read Titus Grown. Boom. Pretty much. <laughs> and this week we read the second novel in the trilogy, um, which is Gormenghast, and it was published by Mervyn Peake in 1968, and it was a doorstopper. So this one, so the first book was 400 pages, and this one was also 400 pages, and there's literally a third book after this that's 400 pages, and a fourth incomplete novel that he died while he was writing. It's so freaking long. Yeah, and the book we have, the version where it's 400 pages, is like a decent-sized book. Yeah, so tiny, lot, like, 0.10 font in, like, a big size pages. A lot of the publishings of this book are actually mid-500s. Yeah. So it was it was a thing, which yes. we will get into our opinions. But before we do that, what was your one word for this book? Uh, I'm gonna, my one word was based kind of on a summary. I would say this book, a summary of the plot, Ritual. Um, my one word is meaningless. <laughs> a summary of the plot and reflective of your feelings. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so if we were going to describe this book in one sentence, quick plot style, we would say Titus Grown continues to grow up while Steerpike um, plots to gain power in Gormenghast. Yes, so um, this would be your official spoiler alert. But honestly, I'm... like, there these books, like, 
I don't think you can really be spoiled in them. <laughs> and I just, I don't really recommend reading this book. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like listen on and enjoy us tearing it to shreds because that's what we're about to do. Yeah, and if you <laughs> do enjoy this book, maybe let us know why because I actually have no conception and it has high ratings. I know. On well, Goodreads. I feel like it's a classic in his genre, in the fantasy genre, but I don't understand why. Yeah. And when I looked it up on Litzy, the people who had posted about it had all listened to the audio and liked it. And you listened to the audio. So I was like, oh, maybe it's better in audio, but you did not find it better. See, I mean, the audio was better simply because the person who was narrating it was really good. So yeah. his voice was soothing. Yeah. But I still listened to it on 1.8 speed because I just couldn't. So fast. And I would say that um, people might love this book because of the world building. But to that, I say, have you not read any other books? Because the world building in this book sucks. <laughs> yeah. So that leads into one of my big problems in this book. So it made me think a lot about novel craft. Yes. Because in books... I know. I'm 100% aware that always in a fantasy novel, you only know what the author has revealed to you. But never so much in a book have I felt like things just popped in as a convenient way for the author to do what he wanted to do. So, like, in the first book, we meet the cast of characters, and it makes it seem like the castle's really isolated, and nobody really interacts with each other. And then suddenly in the second book, there's, like, thousands of servants, which is nonsensical. Um, and just felt like, oh, I need people to do this thing, so I'm going to make up people. <laughs> or, like, suddenly in this book, there was a convenient tunnel underneath the castle that had just been there that both Titus and Steerpike had discovered and were using, and it conveniently led straight to the mouth of the cave where Flay was living. Like, everything yeah. was just... um. It just felt like it didn't really have a place in the world. And I understand, like, having absurd worlds where things feel crazy and weird. But this didn't feel crazy and weird. It more felt like... Not thought out. Not thought out. Like, oh, shit, I need this. This is going to happen now. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I had two... So, when we looked up things about this book online, everyone said that the first book was pretty much just prep for the second book. So, I was like, okay, the first book... I maybe liked 5% and hated 95%. Yes. So that I wanted to give the second book a fair shot. But within the first, maybe the first 12 pages in our book, it's basically like the entire plot summary of that novel, that first novel that we read so painstakingly is like completely done in 12 pages. And that would have been enough to cover it because it's just character descriptions. And so it felt like, why do we even have that first one? Why does it exist? That really annoyed me, and, and yes. but I would say this book has more plot than the first one, and so I would say maybe I like liked this book 20% and hated it 80%. This book was better than the first one, yeah. which is not saying much. No, it's the bar is very low, and I feel like that's the only reason I could up it to 20%. Um, I also really hated that sometimes in the middle of plot sections there would just be a short page and a half chapter where suddenly it was just random scenery descriptions of the castle and around the castle with no part to the plot but mm-hmm. to kind of I think to make it feel more gothic but I just skipped those chapters every time because yeah. there was never anything important in them <clears throat> and they were all pretty much the same yeah so unnecessary I hated that I hated that there was big build up about like a 
a care a little girl who was kind of like wild and they called her the thing and she was just like living in the woods and that she was sneaking into the castle and they kept referencing that like other characters would see a shadow and you as the reader would know yeah. it was her and then when she finally comes in the story she's dead within like four pages and it was supposed so to be unnecessary. Like this meaningful <laughs> thing that taught Titus that you could be free and independent. And because he was, was about to point. rape her, and then she got struck by lightning. That's what taught him to be a man. It's bad on so many levels because the long plot buildup doesn't pay off, and then the and then the character development. If you were like, okay, there's no plot. This is a character-driven yeah. novel. The characters. Don't aren't well developed and they suck. There's no one to root for. See, like, and that's yeah. the thing. So Steerpike was supposed to be the bad guy, but I disliked everyone equally. Yeah, I almost didn't. Steerpike was like one of the better developed, so yeah. I almost like liked him the most. Like, because at least you understood his motivations. He wanted to take over the castle, and they were like linear. They made sense, you know. Mm. Also, in this novel, it was just. Um, Another thing that felt convenient, like, was the craziness of the castle. Like, suddenly there's a tower about a mile away that's attached to the castle, and that's where Steerpike is hiding. Like, they made everything, like, it was just so... Yeah, and there's that's, it's so big that there's so many abandoned sections that, like, aren't on any map. I mean, there was, that's the problem with these books, I think, that makes me the most annoyed about them, is that there's so many things that could have been used really yes. well by a good author, like... This a castle that has all these nooks and crannies and hidden rooms that have been untouched for centuries. That's a cool idea. No payoff. Doesn't pay off at all. Yeah. A huge flood that floods the whole castle and forces all the different types of people in the castle to live closely together no matter their station. That could be cool. No payoff in this, you know? No, because you had no attachment. So, like, yeah. that flood that happened in the story was... The carvers, the bright carvers, who are the people who live out on the town, and their one role in the ritual of society is to carve these beautiful carvings that once a year are judged by the guy of Gormenghast. So you have no attachment to them. All of a sudden, have to move into the castle because of the flood, which, like you're saying, could be such a cool plot point. But then they just build the boats. None of them are personified. They build yeah. boats out of the wood, which then the people in the castle use to live on when the castle is flooded. But there's no personification. There's no, like, you don't have any feelings for any of them. It's it just, everything is a set piece. None of them yeah, is Yeah, that's what it is. They're all set pieces. Um, that's, yeah, I think that's a good summary of it. And I feel like the, kind of the, maybe the point of the book is that there's this castle is controlled by this rigorous ritual that doesn't, it doesn't have any meaning anymore. And so mm-hmm. everyone's kind of, and like a robot and automaton, like they're all, you know, but, uh, and so then, but so by the nature of that, the characters don't grow. Yes. And here at the end of the second book, most of them are dead. Though I have to say that when the nanny character died, I was like, thank God, because she was so obnoxious and like the way she, her dialogue was, was annoying. Oh, I couldn't stand it. Oh my God. Yeah. The mm. professor's dialogue was Oh, I just skipped to those sections. <laughs> There'd be like whole chapters where it was just like all the professors talking just nonsense to each other. I'd just be like, 20 pages, done. Next, next. Like, well, and okay. I listened to it on audiobook and I was telling, uh, Jeremy the other night when I was listening that I could literally like zone out for 10 minutes at a time and not miss anything zone back in and be like oh yeah this is what's happening yeah and that was at like 1.8 speed yeah I mean that's pretty much how I read it too I like I'm I'm not a skimmer people always ask when they hear how much I read like well you just skim them right I'm like no like I read word for word but this book I skimmed hardcore and and there were maybe in the last 200 pages sections that I I like read 
like oh like a plot point plot points are really happening like and that was refreshing compared to Titus Grown but I would still say overall not worth it and I don't why do you think this book is on the list because I don't understand how unless this was the only book you'd ever read you would think that this was acceptable literature I don't know and so many people like it and it's yeah it's like People, I read some reviews, and, like, they're saying, you know, it's, like, the standard of fantasy. It sets the tone. They compare it to Lord of the Rings, what? which is just Not even in the same, not same level. I just don't get it. And I wanted to get it. When we were talking about pulling this book, yeah, I like, was Ooh, so fantasy. We love fantasy. Excited. Yeah, there won't be that much fantasy on the list. We want to read it. But I, no. and I, and I personally read a lot of fantasy. Yeah. So... I thought for sure, and I read, like, deep fantasy, too. Like, I thought for sure I would like it. Did nope. not like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, that comparison to Lord of the Rings, I think, is ridiculous. Because Lord of the Rings is, some people would say it's too descriptive. and But I feel like there's there's a quest. It's more, it's epic. Even if you skim some of the descriptive sections, the, there's still character development. There's growth. Like, and the plot flows right yeah. over even though they're really long they're probably they're as long as this when you put them all together i wouldn't this is not even in the same class at all no and this book so i like you couldn't i mean even if you're like oh you, you could never make a movie of this nothing no. would happen you could make a comic book that's what i said to you yeah you could make through. a comic book i was like there. this would have been a cool comic book yeah i would have enjoyed the graphic novel of this but that's it because you know, it would have just been like 200 pages for the both both novels mm-hmm but yeah, so um, I'm gonna tell you. I this is since we're in the spoiler section, we're also spoiling the last novel. Oh yeah, tell so, me. I didn't look up anything okay. about what happens else in the trilogy. Yeah. So there's a, there's no way I'm a fully read. read third book and then fully written a fully written third book and a partially written fourth book. That's just like a fifty page expert excerpt. Okay. Um. So the third book, he basically just like wanders around the world outside. Right, yeah. So at the end of the Gormenghast, this oh, one, yeah. the the Earl, the young man, Titus, he just, like, he flees the tradition of the castle and goes out into the world. Yes. So he just wanders around in the third one. And Titus alone, he kind of just wanders around. Things happen to him. It doesn't really matter. Because in Titus Awakes, the, like, 30 pages that were the wife published after the fact, he ends up in the modern world and basically turns into Mervyn Peak. What? <laughs> So it's like Wait, wish fulfillment. So, so this book, these books are written by by Titus Grown. That's the payoff. Yeah. What did Mervyn Peake die of? Um, Par- Parkinson's, I think. Does okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh huh. Wow. He so I feel says. Like he, did he already have his diagnosis when he wrote the last one? Probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Wow. uh, And it's like, it's not fully written in any way, apparently. Um, But, yeah. That's so, like, desperate to, like, we gotta wrap this up, you know? Ugh. And just, like, just make that happen in the first book. If it's gonna be an enchanted situation where characters come out of this world into the real world, let's just get right to that, because that could be interesting. Uh Uh-huh. But, man, all the wish fulfillment books we've read for this podcast just make me think that authors are like pretty egotistical and often books that are huge amounts of effort and work are just written for like snarkiness and revenge pretty much (laughs) yeah I just I just can't I didn't like it I didn't like where it was going I don't like anything about it (laughs) well 
Well, I feel like we've summed up. You know, it's funny because we always write down notes about what we're going to say before we record. Yeah. And I always write, does it make the list? And I line. No. And I don't fill it in until we do it. But this one, I just wrote it. No, obviously, it doesn't make the list. Don't read this. Straw. Yeah. Other books that we've not put on the list, I have still felt like they might be for some readers. These two books, no. It's I not just, worth it. I, There's so much better stuff out there. I just can't. And I just don't know why this was what needed to be on the list. And I'm just befuddled. Yeah. Like, so here's, let's give you a glimpse. Since clearly we're done talking about this yes. book, really. Um, we, in order to finish this book in a week. <laughs> because the first book, we tried to read them in a week. And then we ended up taking like almost over three weeks because we just could not get through it. Yes. Yeah. So in order to finish this book in a week, we bribed ourselves by saying we could go to Barnes & Noble and spend $50. Yeah. And it worked. We both finished it on time, though we both finished it today before recording. Yes. And then we went to Barnes & Noble before this, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I got f- four new books, you know, A Monster Calls. I'm going to read that later tonight and cry. Um, <laughs> a V.E. Schwab book, a Kendar Blake Three Drug Clown- Crowns book, and then a book about a crazy murder and gymnastics. That's good. I mean, I feel like it's like reading like a book about an evil ballet school. I just read one recently, Shiny Broken Pieces, about like all the drama in a ballet school. I feel like it's going to be like that. I mean, one of the things on the back compared it to Dance Moms, and I was like, I'm sold. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. What's really funny is that we just um, did that episode about books we buy and don't read, and we were talking about like what kind of books do we buy and not read. This is what And I, I feel like both of our purchases really reflected that, because you bought books that are like you know that author, and so you bought the next another book by them, uh-huh. or just like, you know, it's like right in your alley. And I, just like I used to do, I bought three books, two of which I've already read, because I I feel like it's hard for me to spend money on like a total gamble when I could just get that gamble from the library. Uh-huh. So I got um, The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, which I've already read in one night, but it was so good, I feel like it's a good like light reread for when you're feeling down. So I wanted that. And the second book is coming out soon, and so I then I can buy that. It's like yeah. a free card to buy the next one. And it'll be a duology. And then I got... Uh, Caraval, which I listened to on audio, but I only bought it because the second one, Legendary, just came out. And so I, you can't just buy the second book in a series. So I just got those three, and I picked up but put down The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood and David Sedaris's most recent book. Because I do love David Sedaris, and I, always, and I often buy his books like in the used book section, you mm-hmm. know, um, but not probably not enough to buy a brand new one, a hardcover, you know? Yeah. So, so we it totally reflected our buying habits. A hundred percent. And we definitely bribed ourselves to read this novel. Yeah. And I like, honestly, so Nicole called me or texted me to say she was on her way over and I had about seven pages, which left. I was not leaving my house until by the time I was already supposed to be here because it took that long to finish it. Yeah. Cause I was, that's how much I had to read today. I had seven pages left and I literally, thought oh good I could put this book down for 10 minutes before I finish it like it was so bad I like didn't even have the energy to push through to finish it yeah like yeah yeah it's weird usually at the end of a book even like an only so so book the ending like the last 10 pages you're like oh I'm gonna this is interesting I like skimmed the last 10 pages because it was I feel like the book wrapped up and then and then there was just like 20 more pages for no reason Yeah. yeah just full of that like random descriptive scenery stuff well, and but, like, but without really like um, hinting at the next book or anything, it was and just like separate. it was all a waste because he leaves Gormenghast at the end. So why explain to me what happened to the castle and how everything's covered in mud and they're gonna have to take years to re get it down from? Well, it's the set flood. up for the third book, right? But he leaves. 
it doesn't it doesn't like talk about him and then talk about what's going on. I don't in the castle? think so. Cool. Well, maybe that's why it's because it's his only chance to get to talk about it. Ugh. Yeah. I, this, just... I, I mean, this book, I like on our cover of our edition, there's like a black and white photo of a castle that's like got weird lighting. And I literally, we've been reading out of this book, the two books in one binding for what, like six weeks. Uh-huh. And I was today I was like, oh, it's a castle on the front. Because I haven't even looked at it. Because <laughs> I just, I was like, I was just like, okay, I have to read 50 pages every day, every day this week to get to finish it on time. Yeah, I just. And I still put it down in the middle and read a whole nother book over the last weekend that I need to read before it was due at the library. I know. I just, I've never, I don't think I've ever disliked a book so much. Yeah. Like I said in the Tyus Grown episode, this has the unique ability to not only I dislike it, but it also kills my desire to read at all, mm-hmm. which that's pretty bleak, you know? It takes a lot to do that. Yes, it um, definitely. Considering this year, we're recording this um, towards the beginning of June 2018, and, and I'm like, I have read 57 books this year, which I think I read 57 books last year total. I've, I'm in the 40s, yeah. Yeah, so it's like... I just... It takes a, so I'm like, that's like multiple, three books a week practically, you know? Mm-hmm. So for the fact that this just like killed it and when I was like, oh, what else have I been reading? And I had to go to the audio book I listened to the cards because I haven't picked up another book since we started reading this, except for over the weekend where I just spent, well, read a book in one sitting. Yeah, I just... Oh, man. But it's over. We never have to read it again. Thank God. Earlier, before we started recording, Chelsea was like, well, I might just read the third one so I can say I finished it. And I was like, literally, Chelsea, your 2017 resolution was to finish all the series that you're in the middle of. And you said that you were in the middle of 70 series. And then you didn't finish all of them. You didn't meet that resolution because that's a really high number in 2017. So why would you put this on there to finish when you didn't even you don't even like these? I think that's a waste. Life's too short. There's too many good books out there. God, I just, I, yeah, I can't. Well, let's move on to our mini segment. This is going to be a short episode, but that's fine. Yeah. So, so this isn't the same theme. And so we thought we could talk about if we were going to pitch a fantasy book to be on the list Mm -hmm. um, instead of these books, what would we put on there? Lord of the Rings is already on there. Yes. And, And there might be other fantasy books on there, but they're not ones that we recognize. Yeah, I think if I were to pitch another fantasy, like, series or even just novel standalone to be on the list, I would pitch... This is hard. Um, Yeah, I feel like most of the fantasy I read are, like, young adult books, and I don't know if we can pitch those. You know what I would pitch? Not even the whole series. So, um, the Wheel of Time series, the first book... I is read that. so good. So the Wheel of Time is, I for listeners who don't know, it's like a 13-book series, and the author died at, when he was only 10 books in, so Brandon Sanderson finished it. So Robert Jordan is the author of the series. Brandon Sanderson. Isn't that the name of the guy from uh, For Whom a Bell Tolls? Yes. Robert Jordan? Yes. Crazy. Okay, go uh, on. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, who's another really famous author who I would also recommend one of his books to be on the list, is um, finished the series for Robert Jordan. But the series is 13 books long, and around, like, book six, it loses some steam, and Robert Jordan kind of starts to have some really complicated relationships with the women in this story. Like, they lose a lot of their depth and their kind of placeholders, and I don't like the way they're written. But books one and two, 
one, two, and three are really good. And they're all mm. like a thousand pages, but things happen. Yeah, and, like, that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. The mm. point of the novel is like that the wheel of time is always turning and that um, in the story, the world, like things go cyclical. So like the world is remade and then the world is destroyed again. And then the world is remade and the world is destroyed again. But the one of the main characters is supposed to be the one who finally breaks the world. Mm. but he's a good guy but he ends up breaking the world and so you don't really know and so it's it's really interesting yeah i would prefer that that. i would prefer brandon sanderson anywhere brandon sanderson is writing this crazy um it's called the cosmere it's a like series within series so it's like kind of like a meta world so like there's um five series that are a part of the Cosmere right now and they're all going to combine into one overarching series because all the worlds though separate are kind of linked oh and he that's like cool. they're really good like the Mistborn series in there is really good Elantris is really good all of his books Warbreaker not Warbreaker um something similar to that all Warbreaker Warbreaker I'm right are all like amazing books yeah. and like they all have like really cool magic systems they all have really well developed plots because if i'm thinking a fantasy book needs to be on the list i want it to have really good world building yes i want world building that feels so real that it feels like it could be a world that exists and brandon sanderson really does that with his magic systems and so differing from mervyn peak for example his magic in mistborn just for one is the magic of metals. So people can ingest metals, and if they have the power, they can use that metal to have a power, like pushing things or pulling things or invisibility or strength. Um, but it all makes sense. Like, you don't... Yes. You're not confused. And it doesn't feel like anything that get pull, pulled in is just a convenient plot point. It feels like it's sensical for the world that has been built. Yeah. Which this did not have. <laughs> also, this didn't really have magic. Yeah, it could have benefited a lot from having a magic magic in it. Like, it had hints of, like, maybe there's <coughs> magic going on, but, like, there was no magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it felt like, at the beginning, like, there was going to be, but then there never was. Yeah, it's a weird, weird book. Yeah, it's basically just, like, medieval, but there's no magic. Like, I was waiting. There should have been, like, a Merlin. Yeah. yeah. What YA fantasy do you think maybe belongs on the list? I don't know. Because, I mean, there's lots of them that I love, but do I think it's a book that everyone needs to read mm-hmm. before they die? Um, I don't know. I mean, this isn't YA, actually, but maybe, like, The Night Circus. I feel like that's, like, really solid. Um, or or the, like, uh, the V.E. Schwab ones, the one uh-huh. with, the, with the four Londons. Yeah. What, what the first um, one of those called? A Darker Shade of Magic. I mean, I think those are really great and, like, representative Or Harry genre. Potter. Yeah, but that would be in the children's book one. True. So I wonder I, if that is. Who knows? Um, um, so I mean, so I think those are good. But I don't, I just, yeah, I feel it's hard to pick a fantasy book because more than just, like, literary fiction or historical mm-hmm. fiction, it's, like, a very specific genre that's just not going to appeal to everyone. And so if you're going to put a book yeah. on the list... 
probably still some people won't feel like it's a book you have to read before you die. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I really like, this is on the list, actually, but I, when you said, when we were talking about a magic system, like the Once and Future King about King Arthur, uh-huh. that's a really great book, and it def- I definitely think it deserves to be on the list, and it is. Um, so that that's, I guess, that, that you could count that as a fantasy. Yeah, and if we get into, like, dystopian and stuff, there's plenty I could think could be on the list, but I think there are some dystopians on the yeah. list. So, yeah, I just, this book was just not our jam. It wasn't good the series wasn't good i don't feel anything for having read it other than no i mean when we at book 40 when we review i don't think this is the one we're going to change our mind on no and i i will say this is the worst book we've read so far i would say titus grown is the worst book this This book i only hated 80 percent, not 95 Um, (gasps) but this series encounter the series is the worst but i say the ultimate worst book we've read is titus grown yeah because at least this one had a tiny bit of plot. Just a tiny bit. Just just smidge. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, sorry for the short episode, readers. But hopefully maybe we saved you some Weeks pain. Weeks of your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're interested in reading this book, I would actually highly suggest reading the plot on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> As a, or if you love this series, please tell us why. Um, you can find us at 1001 Books Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 1001bookspodcast at gmail.com or, or just sorry, 1001bookspodcast at gmail.com or at 1001bookspodcast on Litzy. Yeah. Because, I mean, tr- sell us. Like, if you, like, if there's a real reason, sell us. I mean, and everybody has different literary tastes. And I feel like usually I'm like, I can see why someone would like this. I just don't understand. Right, totally. I just don't get it. Well, let's draw our book for next time that will hopefully redeem the, redeem the podcast a little bit and our loving of books. Bum, okay, our next book is called The Tin Flute. The Tin, tin Flute. Flute. Music. <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's an English, originally English language book. Yes. Because I feel like, and I bet it's set in like the 1800s. I mean, after metal. Was used a lot. Sure, not like in the Bronze Age. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, I just picture like a tin flute is something that was like existed after industrialization. Yeah. Um, produced en masse. So maybe like late 1800s, early 1900s. Maybe it's like a war, like oh, music boy. Like a piccolo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a great guess. War Music Boy. That was really good. War Music Boy and the Revolutionary War. That's what I'm going with. Sweet. Well, (laughs) you will have to see when you tune in next time for a book that hopefully we enjoy more. Yes. Um, Until then, I really hope that you are reading a book that you enjoy. And I fully intend to binge read Maya crying when a monster monster calls um, (laughs) book this evening to just, you know, purge myself of this novel. Palette cleanse. Palette cleanse. Yeah, that's good because it's just this book. It's not reading's fault. No, (laughs) it's not. It's the book. Well, until we talk to you next time, happy happy reading. reading!